Welcome to Service in Sport. I'm Marla Butterworth. And I'm Roger Light. Our mission is to encourage and equip character coaches and sports chaplains for effective service. We believe that we are better together. So join us as we interview global experts on topics common to character coaches and sports chaplains. Here's today's episode. Welcome everyone to today's installment of Service in Sport. We have a great guest today. Joining me also is Marla Butterworth. My name is Roger Light, working with Nations of Coaches. Marla serves with Fellowship of Christian Athletes at the Air Force Academy. We're ha- thrilled to have you with us. Uh, excited to see what we can learn from our guests today. Marla, please give us a simple introduction of our guest. Yeah, sure. So I just got the opportunity to meet Edie Worthington at the Air Force Academy. She's a recent graduate. Um, last year and commissioned. Uh, she will be going to Rotary School, uh, picking up a job as doing a, as a pilot, but she, um, that's her AFSC as we call it. Um, but she got the opportunity to hang around at the academy for a year longer. Uh, she spent four years uh, as a manager to the football team and is now serving as a graduate assistant. So, uh, so Edie, would you please tell us a little bit about your background then? Why did you choose the Air Force Academy and how'd you become a GA there? Yeah, um, so I guess the whole journey to the Academy started when I was really young. My oldest brother went to the Naval Academy. He's seven years older than me. Um, and so he was a senior in high school and I was still uh, in middle school. So I had him as a mentor and also my older siblings as well. And so that was the start of it, watching him go to the to the Naval Academy. That started the spark of wanting to serve in the military um, and go to a higher level institution such as the academies. Um, and so that started. And then, I, you know, I just worked and tried to do all I could academically and all I could do um, extracurricular activity wise. Um, and then actually out of high school, you know, I, I I was always stubborn. I was always stubborn. And so I said, all I want to do is go to the to the Naval Academy, just like my big brother. I want to be just like him. Uh, And I actually applied out of high school and didn't get in. So uh, I went to regular college uh, at Iowa State University, uh, and I was a part of the Naval and Marine Corps ROTC program there for a year. While I was there, you know, just was able to talk to my family, and they said, hey, you should should apply to all of them. And that's exactly what I did. I applied to Army, Navy, uh, and Air Force, and I only got into Air Force. And so that was kind of my clue, like, God, hey, maybe he's pushing me one way or another. Uh, And then just spent some time thinking about it and decided to go to the academy. And then from there, I came in freshman year and I was like, I really like competitive sports. I really like football. Um, And there's this opportunity to be a part of the football team. Maybe it's not in a huge capacity, but it's a cool opportunity. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I took that up. uh, And then during those entire four years, I just tried to chip away at what it meant to understand football and to be a part of the program. And then after four years of just working my butt off and under learning football and trying to learn everything about an organization, uh, then I was blessed with the opportunity to become a graduate assistant coach for Coach Calhoun and the Falcons. That's fantastic. Edie, tell me, how did your faith play a part in this whole process of seeking an opportunity and then finding one and then growing in it within football? Yeah, yeah. So I actually... You know, I grew up in a, in a family that went to church, but I didn't become a believer. I didn't make Jesus my king until freshman year of college, freshman wow. year at the academy. Um, so 
it, it was a long journey for me, but the, once I decided, Hey, Jesus is my King and I'm going to live for him. You know, everything changed. Obviously I, everybody knows that, you know, when you make Jesus your King, everything becomes, you know, you walk out and it's like, you're walking and you have a full moon and you're like, I can see everything. This is pretty. And then Jesus is in, is in your life and it's daytime. It's like, Holy crap. I was missing all of this, all of this joy, all of this goodness. So obviously life changed. Um, and so I started walking with him and, you know, just being peaceful in the opportunities he gave me and being like, okay, Lord, I want to serve you and I want to be where you want me. So wherever you want me, Lord, just guide me in that. Be with me and guide me in that. Put my heart in the right place. And so it just became a, hey, I want to be a football manager and just slowly like getting into that. And sometimes, you know, I'm, I glorified it a little too much and he corrected it. He said, hey, you're putting it on the throne. And so he humbled me and we got it fixed. Uh, but, you know, it was just the process of, hey, Jesus, I'm going to trust in you. And I should not be where I am, like plain and simple. I deserve, I deserve nothing. Like I've known that. And, but at the same time, like I should not be where I am. And it was purely by the grace of God um, that I got to this opportunity. And the, the way that faith played that is, you know, a lot of the times I'm, I was a worrier beforehand. I'd be like, I really want to do this. And nothing was clicking and I would just get so stressed out. But I remember when I, when I first applied for, to go and be a helicopter pilot, to go to rotary school, I was like, you know, what? I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get it, but that's really what I want to do. And actually when they found out the list of who got accepted, I was not on it. Mm. And two days went by and my leadership at the Academy called me into their office. They said, Hey, somebody decided they didn't want to do it. You got it. Wow. And that's the, that's the thing. Like I called my brother, my brother's my main discipler, right? He disciples me. He, he takes care of my soul. Like he is always driving me, helping me to learn more about, about Jesus. And in the, the day that I found out I wasn't on the list, I was devastated, but I went back to my room and I said, Jesus, I'm going to spend five minutes and I'm going to grieve this future Edie that I thought I was going to experience this future person. But then I'm going to say, Lord, I trust in you. You're going to put me where you need me and I'm going to do your work regardless. Like, Father, if I have you, I'm happy. Like, I'm joyful. And so I did that. And then I think he was just trying to get me to say, I need you to lay everything down at my feet and trust me. And then once that happened, he was like, okay, now I'm going to, you are prepared for your blessing. Here it is. Wow. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it played a huge role in me just being at peace in where I was and also being very, um, I would say, persistent, you know, in a loving and graceful way. I really mm -hmm. want to do this. I really want to do this. Just give me an opportunity. But always knowing, hey, you don't deserve anything, but put your name in the hat. Mm -hmm. uh, so that I think it was just allowed me to have peace and grace through the whole process. Wow. Good. Persistence is a virtue. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And, and Edie, we've only gotten to know each other very briefly in a short amount of time. But Roger, I'll tell you, like that persistence and that passion that we just heard and saw is is what you get like 24 seven when you meet Edie. So, um, Love it. So not surprised by any of that. And, and Edie, you are passionate, obviously, about sharing your faith. 
So um, that's that's one of the things that you've done with um, with the football team and with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, as you spoke for them last year, just with the the players that um, that share your faith. You've, I've, I've watched and heard you challenge them and encourage them. Uh, but what has it looked like in your role as a team manager and now as a graduate assistant uh, in living out your faith and in, in sharing your faith, giving voice to it in, in appropriate ways and appropriate times to, you know, you're in a public institution. So, yeah. so there's that side of it as well. Yeah. But, uh, but this is one of your greatest passions. So would you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So, man, um, I think my my passion for sharing the gospel started with just reading the good word with my brother and starting to learn more. And I became part of an organization called No Place Left. I was dedicated so that every non-reach people group or anything around the world had the opportunity to hear, just hear the gospel. Because there's so many people of you have unreached people groups and all around the world that, you know, people have never heard the, the truth. So um, that like hit me. And then with Matthew 28, 18 through 20, with the Great Commission, I felt extremely convicted with, you know, he's saying all authority on heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples. So right when he says that, it's like, OK, you are the king of kings and you're telling me to do this. I have to. Um, so in that, I was able to just start learning tools on how to communicate the gospel to people because you can make it a whole year long conversation or with tools that we try to learn four minutes. Like I, you pray for them, you share the gospel, you share your testimony. You're really, really trying to just have a normal conversation so people could just open up their hearts a little bit. Um, so started. I think right when I came to faith, it started becoming a part of me because I witnessed how broken and defeated I was not knowing. Like, I didn't know I was in this broken, completely desolate place. And then Jesus came and found me and he pulled me out of it and he, and he brought me to paradise. Close. I'm not there yet. Right. <laughs> but with him, right, we're, we're as best we can get on earth. Um, so he brought me into that and I just knew who am I, if I have this cure to everything and you don't know about it and I'm going to share it with you, like, who am I? So immediately started with learning those gospel sharing tools. I use a tool called two kingdoms, which is a really easy way to share the gospel to people. Um, and you know, walking in obedience with the Lord just fills you with joy. And it could be a selfish act. Maybe you're like, hey, I want to share the gospel because I want to feel Jesus and I want to feel him wholeheartedly right now. <laughs> so I'm going to walk in obedience in that and I'm going to go share the gospel with somebody. But you wanting to go feel, get filled with joy because you're walking in obedience? Well, you're walking in obedience and you're allowing somebody else's heart to be filled with the joy of the Lord as well. And hopefully give their lives to the Lord. Um, so in the midst of all of that and loving that, it becomes... I guess, difficult uh, in settings such as mine. Um, I know for me, I don't feel like I've done anything close to what he's called me to do. I think I've, I've failed m many times. And there's been points and conversations with players or with coaches where I can feel the Holy Spirit saying, say, can I pray for you? 
or can I share this with you? And Satan is like, oh, what will they say? Or you shouldn't say that right now. And then you don't walk obediently with the, with the guidance of the spirit. And I've, I've done that so many times, right? So in this setting where you kind of have to be careful, but at the same time, Jesus is like, don't be careful with my name. Don't you dare be careful with my name. You scream it, you say it, any chance you get, you say my name. So it's me battling with that and trying to do that, but then also working 80, 90 hours a week, <laughs> trying to get my tasks done. And so it's, it's, a, it's a strong battle, um, but I, I hope and I would think I'm coming out on top with just sharing the gospel and talking with people. Um, but it just becomes a, a play between, hey, Lord, how can I be obedient to you? But also, how can I be obedient to you and working as hard as I can in this task, in this job that you've blessed me with? Um, and that's just the job that he's allowed me to walk into in being a graduate assistant, giving me that platform. So just finding that balance has been difficult for me, um, but still I'm able to, you know, share the gospel. You know, sometimes a lot of times on the weekends, I try to go get my go in a little bit early, go into a coffee shop, get my coffee, have the opportunity to talk to just one person. As you just mentioned, being a graduate assistant with a football team is a very consuming role. And yours being a female in that role is way outside the norm. And you've been receiving some attention for being a, a young woman in a spot normally held by exclusively by young men. How are you handling some of that notoriety and some of the attention you're getting? How's that working for you? Yeah, um, I was actually talking to Miss Marla about this. Uh, people have come to me and asked for interviews. And I say, yeah, of course, like I want other girls to know that they can do what I do. And it was, and in those interviews, I prayed beforehand. And I was like, Lord, allow me to share your name. Let, help me to let people know that I'm only here by your grace and by your blood and by your goodness. Like, that's the only reason I'm here. And I kid you not, in all of these interviews I've given, I have said, I'm only here because of Jesus. I like, I'm here because of the blessings of Jesus Christ. I, like I'm here because of God. That's it. And every single one doesn't mention it once. Right. So that has been really bothersome for me. Cause it's like, Jesus, I want people to know who you are and I am nothing without you. And I would be nowhere near where I am without your goodness. And Lord, I, I thought I walked obediently and I said your name over and over let them hear it. And then, you know, it, they didn't show up. But one of my uh, good friends who's actually um, in FCA, he said, you know, maybe he just wanted you, you to be obedient in that time. That's it. Just you just wanted your heart to be obedient. I was like, That's a good point. Yeah. So, your faithfulness is not diminished by their failure to include those things. Not yeah. 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 So in that frustration, you know, that body, having that body around you, it really helped me. And he centered me with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was really good. Um, but also just, you know, in the midst of allowing these earthly tasks and all these different things get in your life, it allows for, for avenues for Satan to put mm -hmm. lies into your head. So, um, yes, I love Jesus and I've 
will follow him until I go home to him and I'll continue to walk with him <laughs> um, up there um, at home. So, but in the midst of that, obviously being human, like Satan can get in our heads and just tell us lies, tell us lies. And being with a, being a woman in this, in this industry or in this, this sport is very not normal. <laughs> uh, so in that Satan has been able to get in my head sometimes. And I just have to be like, okay, Lord, this is not you. This lack of confidence, this, this unsureness, this stress, all of this is not you. You are peace. You are goodness. Only good comes from you. Like none of this is you. So just trying to be in prayer, even in the midst of my tasks, Lord, I'm with you. Help me walk through it. Um, So just dealing with confidence, like, oh, you're really bad at your job. You'd be better if you actually played football and you don't know anything because you never played football and all this, right? Just Mm -hmm. stacks on top of each other. But just saying, hey, Lord, this is not from you. Only confidence and peace and goodness is from you. So, Lord, give me that and help me get rid of all this junk that's in my head. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you just reminded me of uh, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free, right? Yes, so ma'am. we got to, we got to, uh, okay, what's the truth that to combat lies, right? And, mm-hmm. and you're not alone in that. We all face that. And um, most of the people who listen to this podcast are folks who do a line of work like Roger and myself. And uh, we'd, be, we'd be lying to ourselves and to you if we said we hadn't battled that as well. That whole, um, like, am I qualified to be here? Who am I and what am I doing here? And, um, and I don't know that I have the answer for these people. How do I help them navigate this craziness they're dealing with? And so, um, so at knowing that you're, you're speaking, encouraging folks like that, uh, right now, Edie, um, just wondering what can someone that does a line of work, like what we do, uh, how can how can we minister to somebody like you who is an outlier in a way Um, you could speak to being like a graduate assistant because they're, you know, sometimes we think more about athletes, coaches and forget this whole transitional graduate assistant role Mm -hmm. Um, or somebody like, as Roger was just asking, you were just speaking a a woman who's in a predominantly male role, uh, but it could be for any demographic reason. Uh, They might feel a bit like an outlier. Yeah. Um, would you mind speaking, sharing, sharing with folks like us, what can we do uh, to be good battle buddies? So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously each person is so unique in themselves and, and Jesus knows exactly what needs to be said to them for their heart to be softened. So obviously biggest thing I'm going to say is pray before you talk to them and allow the yes, Holy ma'am. Spirit to guide you. Uh, sure. But, but from there, you know, the position that I hold and the people who hold a position like me, all you do is work seven days a week. You're in the office appealing to the aspect of peace. And like this, cause all we have is stress. Like mm-hmm. you need to get this done and this needs done. And if Saturday doesn't go well, Oh geez, Sunday's coming in fast. <laughs> so right. it's, it's this, grind that never stops because all we want to do is win football games. And I think the way to appeal to that is, Hey, even in the midst of these 80, 90, 100 hour weeks, that's how people work. You can find peace. 
and you can find direction. Because a lot of times you can be in your office, you can be watching film, you can be doing all these things, but maybe not feel direction. Mm. You, you never know. So appealing to the, hey, even in the midst of this stress, even in the midst of all this, God gives you peace. Jesus allows you to be guided without all these random, like poisonous worldly things coming in. Um, so I would say that's the biggest thing is like allowing them to find peace in this world of stress yeah. because all we do is work and it can get stressful. And sometimes we just want to be with people and just talk about being a person yeah. or things like that. Right. So right. instead of, Hey, let's talk about this football concept and let's make these diagrams and let's do this and let's do this. Hey, let's talk as people for right. a second. Let's, Let's appeal to the heart a little bit. So I would say that's that's your best bet. Mm-hmm. And then for me, like being being a woman, ah oh man, uh, I would that that's tough because I liked it for me. I like to approach people in the exact same way mm-hmm. um, with just sharing the gospel um, and going forth in that. But obviously, we have women and men are so drastically different in traits, and God did that on purpose, and He did it so purposefully. Um, so just knowing. Like women approach them more in a little more heart-centered way. Men more a bit more logical-centered way. And that's that's something that I've actually come to see works. Um, so giving that and having that that good balance, right? Of knowing if if a coach declares himself and and walks in a Christian way, yes, he is my boss, but also to seek out you know, Christian advice, or maybe just talk about Jesus with them. So maybe encouraging conversation with coaches who deem themselves to be Christians, right? So we can learn from everybody. Um, And these guys have lived much longer lives than me. So, and they've walked in the faith. So just being open to, hey, maybe let's talk to the coach and if this coach is a strong believer, which we have some strong believers on our staff, let's start with him. And let's see if he will start a conversation with these GAs, these younger guys or girls, and, and begin that discipleship process. Mm-hmm. That could be a way in. And I've seen that as a way in. If the GA or if that in-between person, that student coach, doesn't know Jesus and isn't really open to it, those coaches have a huge influence, even if they don't realize. So influencing them to share the gospel, to have those conversations could be a huge, huge benefit um, to getting people to walk uh, in obedience and walk with Jesus. That's a great point. Many times GAs are overlooked uh, by sports chaplains or character coaches, sometimes because we may focus on players or we may focus on coaches. We may focus on the head coach in particular, but sometimes the GAs get lost in the middle somewhere. But if we're wise, we understand Edie doesn't stop being Edie after she's a GA and is in another role. Suddenly she's flying helicopters. Our influence, our life with walking along with Edie matters now. And in 20 years, it still matters. Yeah. Same way with we have basketball GAs here at our place, and I'm investing in them. And like we talk about, I probably don't ask them a basketball question first when I encounter them on the court. I say, how's it going in class? How's your family? 
Tell me about your siblings, things like that, that do open the heart a little more than just talking about basketball again. Yeah. Well, Edie, that's fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing with us today. Is there anything else you'd like to encourage our listeners with or challenge them with as, as we uh, wrap things up today? Yeah. Um, I would say ending with the great commission in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came to said, came to them and said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and the Holy spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. And we also see in Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. If we have the obedience and the love for people, like Jesus commands us to love others. To love others is, just, is to share his heart. He is love. If we want to love, we have to share love, and that's him and his name. If we share his name, and if we encounter one, two people that we can just share the gospel with and bring them to Christ, we see in Matthew 24, we can hasten the day in which our king comes back. So in walking in that obedience, we have the ability to bring him. Um, so I would just push people when you encounter somebody and you feel that spirit, just say, Hey, do you know who Jesus is? Or just start that conversation. Um, and you know, if, if we look at exponential growth, if I Edie Worthington take two people and I intimately disciple them for just one year, and those people, each of those two go and disciple two people for one good year and you become in, enveloped in your faith. We could reach the population of the world with intimate discipleship in like 34 years with exponential growth. So mm. it's just consider what it could do of just loving and pouring into just two people in your life. Awesome. Marla, any follow-up comments you would have, or would you like to pray to wrap things up? Um, I'll pray to wrap things up. Thank you. Good. Um, Fathers, thank you for uh, that, though we've heard uh, passion out of the mouth of Edie, that your passion for us exceeds hers exponentially, to use the same word. Um, thank you for your constant pursuit of us. And, um, and ask that you would give us your eyes to see, your ears to hear, that we may join your pursuit of people around us. It's in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. 